Hello and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 117. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave on a Sunday night. And it's a very special Sunday night because we have a special guest on the program tonight. But before we get to him, let's introduce everyone's favorite co-captain, the Sunday night co-captain of the podcast, Mr. Andre Dominguez. Andre, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very, very well. So excited to have a third member on our little podcast here. Yes, and that third member. Let's go ahead and get him on here. Mr. Sean Nelson of the famed Utah Film Photography. Uh, Sean, how are you doing tonight? Good. I don't know that you'd call it famed. (laughs) Remember, you did say that you were going to read my website while you were using the restroom. So... (laughs) I did, and I will say this, uh, uh, and I, I have done that some because that is when I do most of my reading. And uh, you do, despite that, you do not have a crappy website. <laughs> Look out for oh, this guy. <laughs> hey, it's great to be with you guys. It's awesome. Well, we we, we definitely uh, thank you for coming on. We uh, put out a call to find out if there's any other late. Uh, any of the night owls that could join us on our normal podcasting time and you were the first one to volunteer but i guess out where you're at it's not all that late right it's uh you're a couple hours behind us it's only nine o'clock i don't know what you guys are talking about (laughs) (laughs) well some people you know some people are just old old people and uh, you know and uh, i'm not one of them but uh some people go to bed early i guess but uh uh, (laughs) but uh all right so mr sean nelson let's uh let's get into some hard-hitting questions here and I guess what we need to start off with is the thing that every podcast has to, uh, every photography podcast has to ask is, uh, you know, how did you get into photography and uh, particularly film photography? And did you ever have like a digital phase and all that stuff? Give, give us the lowdown on Mr. Sean Nelson. Well, unlike a lot of you guys, I had no interest in photography in high school. It wasn't about girls. It wasn't about anything. I didn't pick up photography until about 1999 when my oldest son was going to be born. And I thought, oh, this is, this is the time I want to get into photography. Because before that, I had just, I had just taken pictures with point-and-shoot cameras. Um, I had like a, I think a Pentax point-and-shoot and IQ Zoom that my wife had bought me way back when we were dating. But anyways, I, I, bought, a, I bought a digital camera. And being an IT guy, it really fed my inner geek. I mean, I, lo- I love that I could take photos and put them on a computer and send them out to family. And, you know, I kept on that path. And, and um, since about 2000, upgrading cameras every couple of years. And uh, I joined the local camera club. Uh, I was the vice president for a year. Then I was president for a couple of years. And I, I did as many photo walks and took as many, you know, workshops and stuff as I could. Um, but it actually, it wasn't until, uh, October of 2013 that I really got into film and an acquaintance of mine, uh, Jacob Nuttall, uh, he had just opened, uh, Acme, Acme camera company in Salt Lake. And he happened to be at a creative exchange at a local studio. And he was demonstrating a Polaroid land camera 250. And so I was watching him very carefully as he was using this camera to take a picture and then pull out that, that film, that FP 3000 B. And then he'd wait for, you know, 20, 30 seconds. Then he'd peel it open 
And when he peeled that first shot open, I was just shocked. I was just, oh, yeah. I was just blown away. I mean, it was the beauty of this black and white and the contrast was just great. And plus he was using this vintage camera that was just, it was so cool. And right, right. then and there, I decided this is something I want to do. And so about two weeks later, I bought a, I bought a land 250 and a couple packs of film. And so I guess that was the, that was the gateway drug right there was, was instant photography. But um, oh, nice. that, Couple couple months later for Christmas, my wife bought me an a uh, Canon A one for Christmas, and that was fantastic. And so since then, I just kind of haven't looked back. I I mean, I still shoot digital. You know, there's we've we've talked about it on the podcast before, where there's a there's a right time and a place and, and a tool kind of for every every job. Um, but right after that, though, I I'd also found the FPP. And I started listening to their podcast and I had no idea that there was this larger group of film photographers that were out there. And so I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm not alone. I'm not this oddball that's decided, Hey, I've been shooting digital for, you know, 12, 13 years. And now I want to, I want to try to shoot some film. And so just, it's just really enjoyable. And so in, in 2014, I decided, you know, I, I kind of want to document what I'm doing here because I started picking up more and more cameras, thrifting cameras. And I'm like, you know, I'm shooting all these different kinds of film now and these different cameras. I've got to figure out a way to document what I'm what I'm doing. And maybe I can share that with somebody else. And so so I started UtahFilmPhotography.com. And, um, you know, here in northern Utah, um, we've just got we got tons of photographers, lots of digital photographers. I'm sure it's the way it is everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah. But the photographers here in Utah are um, there's there's a different attitude, I would say, with them, and, and that is um, the attitude is like there's no secrets in photography. And uh, like the Utah photographers, there's a Facebook group and it's a, it's a closed group and stuff, but the overall attitude in that group is, Hey, there's no, there's no secrets. Everybody helps each other out and it's just fantastic. And so I was like, well, how can I translate that into a website? And I just decided, you know what, I, I'm just going to throw all this stuff out there, whatever I've learned wrong or right, I'm going to document it and throw it out there. And there's, there's some times where I've written blog posts and I've, I've worded something wrong and somebody's corrected me in the comments and that's fantastic. I figure, Hey, I just learned something. Maybe somebody else learned something. And so that's kind of how the website came about. And, you know, 85 cameras later and all this film later, it's just (laughs) still going. Yeah. I really like, that's kind of what I liked about your uh, website. I went through pretty much the whole thing uh, from the newest to the oldest and it did seem like uh, it was kind of like kind of walking along your journey with uh, film and, and acquiring new cameras and trying new cameras out. I really liked your like your camera reviews because it was like, you know, they weren't like super technical. They just kind of told you a little bit of technical things about it, but mostly uh, also about like, you know, your experience shooting the camera and what you, you know, what your general feeling was about it. And I just said, just it, everyone was all the articles are very approachable and they're they're like kind of the right size and like you can read them and in smaller segments, you know, it doesn't take up a, an hour to read one article. And like, you know, it just, it was, it was, I really like the way your website is. It's uh, it's, it's very good. Well, 
you know, the, the world doesn't need another review on a Pentax K1000, right? right. <laughs> but, but if somebody can share an experience with that camera or some of their thoughts, like um, Mike Williams, when he was on your podcast and he shared, he shared it multiple times with me, that's just not one of his favorite cameras. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's reasons why we uh, pick the tools that we, that we use. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, uh, also we we just we just encountered an anchor problem. Andre got dropped. I just <laughs> so, noticed that. Yeah, Sorry, so Andre. let's <laughs> so let's take a let's, I guess let's take a break here and then we'll get back on with Andre and then go to a second segment here. And uh, uh, it's, I don't want him to miss out on this on all your your fine wordsmith. So, uh, but uh, so let's uh, let's take a break here and then we'll get Andre back on and continue this conversation. So. Uh, we'll be right back, folks. Mr. Sean Nelson, you are here with us, right? I am here. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, hopefully. Oh, and there's Mr. Andre Dominguez. He's back with us. <laughs> uh, going out here in, in North Carolina. I've been getting like messages on my phone of like tornado warnings. So both my Wi-Fi oh. and my data have been a little spotty. Mm. Well, I went ahead and let Sean finish his point because he was on such a good, nice uh, uh, point that I didn't want to stop him when you got dropped. So you just missed out on that, Andre. You'll have to listen back and hear it. I mean, I always, I always listen back to it, so it'll be good. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Sean, I got to say, like, uh, I actually went to your website before I even knew who you were, before I even had a podcast, because I was searching for some information on a camera that I had just bought. I had bought an Imperial Mark 12, and I found out that you have a same sort of a similar camera. It's actually the Girl Scout camera of America. Or oh, Girl Scout yeah. Of America. yeah. <laughs> and I was looking for sample photos of, of the Mark 12, and uh, someone had said that it's kind of the American Hoga because it was made by the Herbert George Camera Company in Chicago, I believe it was. Exactly. It's supposed, it's supposed to have kind of a very Hoga look, and your photos did kind of have a Hoga look that you took with that uh, that Girl Scout camera. No, so. the, my photos, they look like crap with that camera. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, is not a, that is not a great camera. But, you know, the reason why I picked that up, though, I mean, it's it was at a thrift store. It was in the box. It still had the original roll of film that came with it and it just looks cool but um several people have commented that um that that's just a camera that the plastic lens they didn't always line up the lens when they when they assembled the product and boy it's just about as plastic as it gets but uh, mm. but hey if it earns you a merit badge whatever right <laughs> nice nice well, you know, you said it. You said it's your pictures were crappy. Isn't that what a hoga is all about? But <laughs> oh, I don't know. They were oh, they were bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was. I did see a, like the, the the photo. It did have like the kind of the classic uh, vignetting or whatever that a hoga lens oh, has. Yeah. So, but definitely. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, but I, I need to reload some uh, some some one twenty film onto some six twenty reels and try mine out and see if maybe 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 the maybe the guy on the line wasn't drunk when he built my camera. So maybe my lens is correctly aligned. But yeah. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, is so the most popular article on my site and nobody, nobody's going to believe me, but it is the, it's the Polaroid big swinger model 3000. Really? That article gets more hits and uh, people referencing that in other websites. It's kind of fun. And the funny thing is that plastic camera is one of my favorites. Mm, okay. You know, you, yeah, you know, you've got to shoot. You've got to shoot the black and white in it. 
you can shoot the color in it, uh, but you've got to have just a ton of light. Okay. But it's just a great camera. The pictures come out gritty. And when you scan the negatives, they, they come out grittier. It's just, it's a, it's a fun camera to use. That, and that's a, that's a pack film camera, right? It is. So yeah. unfortunately I'm not going to have much use of it after a bit. So yeah. Do you but have it, a, do you have, do you have a stock of a uh, pack film that you are kind of sparingly going through or are you just kind of giving up on it? Yeah. You know, I think I've got, I think I've got like five or six packs of color uh, two or three of black and white. And my intention was to shoot them in uh, Graflex. I picked up a couple of years ago with the Polaroid back, but I just, I go to load it and I'm like, Oh man, do I really want to use this? And, and that's probably the wrong attitude for me to have it's, To me, it's just like, you know what? I might as well just shoot it, enjoy it and kind of rip that bandaid off and get it over with. Right. Right. I agree. Uh, Andre, do you have anything on that? Yeah, I just think that, you know, if you've, if you've got it, shoot it, you know, I know that people are stockpiling it and, you know, wanting to, to sort of stretch out their, their remaining supplies of, of pack film. But I mean, the closer that stuff gets to its expiration date or the further past its expiration date it gets, I mean, the the worst it's going to look so take advantage now you know shoot it if you if you have it and then you have a lovely paperweight until cat labs uh <laughs> manages <laughs> to revive pack film <laughs> maybe yeah do you have any do you have, do you have any faith in do you guys have any faith in cat labs doing this or how do you think it's just a pipe dream i i don't believe them I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just a curmudgeon, but I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I really don't. I, New 55, um, I really had some hopes there. In fact, I mean, I bought other products from them, even though I wasn't shooting, shooting their, their instant. You know, I was buying, I've got their Atomic X 4x5. I've got some of their other stuff because I wanted to support them. But I, I, and I don't, I just don't think that Cat Labs is good. To, to pull it off what do you guys think well i i hope i hope that they do uh that machine looks pretty impressive whatever's under that tarp in that photograph i mean it could be just a i don't know it could just be a bunch of old computers under a tarp somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? something from home depot whatever it is <laughs> right, right. yeah Andre, do you yeah have i mean and we we know we know from ferrania that you know, a machine is just one small part of the, the very large, you know, puzzle of, of, of making these these film products. So I definitely want to believe. Um, and, you know, if I if I stumble across a, a Polaroid land camera for a, a cheap price, I'll, I'll buy it, you know, just to to have it like in case one day <laughs> pack film comes back. But I'm not holding my breath. Do you have any land cameras, uh, uh, Andre? I don't know. Yeah. I was about to to jump on one, and then like, I think like a week later, like I had it saved in my in my like shopping cart on eBay, and then a week later, Fuji announced that they discontinued it, and then the prices skyrocketed, and I just gave up. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think they announced the discontinuation in 2013 of, of the black and white. I think the same week that I bought my first land camera and when I found out I was just heartbroken, but you know, 
what do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The black and white really is beautiful film. I, I do miss that. All I have left is color at this point. But I uh, once now that the weather's turning warmer, I'm going to start shooting it because you know I you know why not? I mean, I'm not going to try to save it and try to uh, try to like you say and prolong the sadness any longer. Just you just just go ahead to shoot it up and then cry my tears and then wait for cat labs maybe. But uh, we'll see. But uh, uh, one thing that we've I've never talked about on this podcast, but I noticed on your website, Sean, that you seem to have done quite a bit of it. And I believe Andre's maybe experimented with it a little bit, but uh, I've never really talked about sprocket hole photography, just, you know, exposing the sprockets and, and all that. And it's something I want to try because I've never tried it and why not. But, uh, but one, the thing I'm wondering is how do you all scan those things? Cause I don't know any of my, all my film holders kind of cover those sprockets. So that, that would be a question that I would like to throw out to, to you too, since I think both of you have maybe experimented with that a little bit. So, well, um, I'm trying to think when I did sprockets the first time in the, that FPP plastic fantastic, I, I actually sent the, the film off to the dark room and the, the good thing is they do a great job. The bad thing is they will charge you extra to scan sprocket holes. Mm. So, I mean, it, the only other way to do it is you can, you can lay down the negative straight onto your scan bed ultimately that's you know that's not the best thing to do you're not um you're not getting the the focus that you really need out of your photo but you know if you're shooting sprockets and you're shooting it in a holger or another plastic camera chances are the photo is going to have a slight out of focus to it anyway yeah um, but i've what i what i had enjoyed about shooting sprockets though is you shoot like kodak gold or ektar or whatever and Oh, it's just fantastic. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I like the look of it. Andre, what's, what's been your experience with sprocket hole photography? So I bought a Lomography sprocket rocket uh, for both, you know, the, the sprocket hole photography and also I know that I'm never going to be able to afford a Hasselblad X-Pan. So I wanted something, you know, panoramic just to, to kind of appease myself in that regard. Um, and so with that, I also bought... Uh, Lomographies, I believe it's called the Digitaliza, um, like scanner mask holder, negative holder thingy um, <laughs> that allows you to uh, to scan uh, with the the sprocket holes if you so choose. Um, curious thing is that I've actually never used either one of those. The sprocket <laughs> rocket is still sitting on my shelf, and the Lomography Digitaliza is sitting in a box underneath my bed, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I can give a little bit of insight into why some of these uh, kind of alternative scanning methods are, you know, so much more expensive, at least like, so at Southeastern Camera, the, the camera store where I work, um, we use a, a Fuji Frontier uh, system for, uh, you know, C41 at least, and everything is just all automated and so if you have like half frame or if you want you know, sprocket hole or if you have shot uh, with something like a Lomography sprocket rocket or a, a Hasselblad X-Pan, anything that's non-traditional, the machine gets confused. And so we have to do it by hand manually. I don't know exactly if they're like, you know, taping it on to like a medium format negative holder. I don't exactly know what the solution is. Um, on their end, but I do know that most of these alternative scanning methods uh, 
are most likely going to have to be done by hand by a lab, which as soon as you, you get away from the automated solutions, you're going to start, you know, having to, to jack up the price. Oh, that, may, that makes sense. Do you, do you guys think now, it's something I want to try. I think it's interesting. It's, an, it's a cool look. But do you all think that the sprocket hole thing has been kind of overplayed at this point? Like maybe it's kind of a little bit too much of a cliche or a, a kind of a, I don't know, just something that's been overused? Or do, or do, you, feel, do you feel like it's had its run? Or is it still, uh, you know, fun? Is it just something, or should we just not care? It's fun to do and we do it anyway. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I think it's just fun to do. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike Williams and I did a, we did a double exposure little tag team project late last year. And um, he shot the role in one of his cameras. Um, I think it was his, I think it was his Minolta. He, he uh, sent it out to me and then I put the adapters on it and threw it in the, in the uh, plastic film tastic and shot it that way. So not only did we have the double exposure, but we had those sprockets exposed as well. And, and it was just for, it was just fun. It was just, yes. you know, it wasn't for the look or anything. It was kind of like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Let's, let's have some fun with it. Yeah. Andre, what do you think? Cliche or uh, just have fun with it? I mean, I don't think I see it enough for it to be a cliche. I do think it's fun. And whenever I see people, you know, doing it, whatever way that they've, you know, achieved it, be it, uh, you know, using those like 3D printed adapters to, to put a 35 millimeter canister into something like a box camera or, I mean, any medium format uh, camera that will allow it. Uh, you just don't see it often enough for me to get tired of it. And I always like seeing it. So. Yeah, I think it's. I think it appeals to the film nerds in us, truthfully, because you get to see what kind of film it is right there on the photo. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's funny, Sean. You mentioned your double exposure role. That was one of my hard hitting questions. So you stole my thunder on that because, uh, yeah, you and Mike Williams from Twelve Months Twelve Cameras did that double exposure role exchange, and uh, I thought that was a great idea. And in fact, uh, I talked to Andre about it. I think it was last night about doing something on the Facebook group with this podcast where maybe we can hook up pairs of people to do something like that. Uh, I think it would be a fun project to see uh, people kind of get involved with each other on the, listen to the podcast and put up their photos uh, on the podcast or the Facebook group. And uh, so it's kind of got my wheel spinning to try to maybe do something like that or facilitate something like that with uh, the listeners of the show. So I think it's a, I really like that idea and appreciate uh, you getting my wheel spinning on that. That would be, be really cool. I th yeah. One thing that Mike and I learned a little bit about it, though, is um, you almost have to have you've got to you've got to both agree to either shoot vertical or horizontal and just stick it at that, um, because some of the shots that, that we both did, you know, he would shoot a horizontal shot. I'd shoot a vertical shot. And then when I developed the film, it was just like, what the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> so I would say if you do it. And I think it's a great idea, but you almost have to coordinate between the two people to say, hey, we're going to shoot it this way. Or if you really want to get creative, hey, just go nuts. Right, right. Yeah, I think we're going to definitely do that. So uh, everyone keep an eye out on the uh, Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group, and we'll maybe start to get that started pretty soon and uh, help each other hook up and uh, get a get – a, you called it the double exposure role exchange. And uh, – the, uh, we'll call it, or we could just call it the Sean Nelson project or something, but, uh, <laughs> no, Mike liked to use it. He liked to use wrestling terms, you know, some kind of a tag, <laughs> a tag team thing. So there you go. 
and uh, we, maybe we can have a competition out of it. It could be like a cage match of, of the <laughs> listeners. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, also, I noticed on your website too, man, you had some some really cool uh, things too. You made a you made a pinhole camera out of a Star Wars Tie Fighter, which I'm a big Star Wars fan. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> you see that? That was awesome. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so the Tie Fighter. I, I don't know if you guys have been to Disneyland in the last couple of years. You know. Disney owns everybody. They own all of us, right? So they, <laughs> they buy everybody on the planet. So they've got the whole Star Wars franchise thing going. And the TIE Fighter was actually a popcorn container. <laughs> so you spend, what, 20, 23 bucks to get this plastic TIE Fighter that they put four ounces of popcorn in. But hey, you got the TIE Fighter, you know? So yeah. a, fr- a friend brought me back one from Disneyland and I was like, Oh, this is just too cool. And, and I don't want to just set it on the shelf. I got to do something with it. So I took a little, I took a little pinhole camera and I assembled this pinhole camera and then put it inside the tie fighter. Um, and then rigged up a way to kind of trigger the shutter. And that's what I used last year on uh, pinhole photography day. I've still got the shots on my computer that I scanned and I've not uploaded, uploaded them. They're not that great, but I'll tell you <laughs> what, everybody wanted to talk to the guy with the star Wars pinhole camera. <laughs> of course. Was shooting. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> now, do you, uh, do you do much pinhole photography? I know Andre, I think you're, Andre, you're kind of starting to think getting ready to dabble in it a little more than, than usual. And uh, aren't you? Yeah, missed, uh, actually, I'm meeting with Corey Cannon um, here in uh, in North Carolina on Worldwide Pinhole Photography Day. I've uh, loaded up my my little Ondu Pocket 135. I've you know gotten an old iPhone from my parents that I've downloaded the Pinhole Assist app on. So I'm I'm ready. Awesome, awesome. And uh, uh, Sean, do you do much pinhole other than the Tie Fighter? <laughs> um, not really. Um, you know. Anybody can do pinhole. You do the you do the lens caps. You can buy them on eBay, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, just go out and do it and have fun. Uh, I wish I did more pinhole. That that Ondu is just a fantastic looking camera. I, I've got a couple of friends that have got them, and I mean they're just they're beautiful cameras. Uh, they're not cheap, um, but you you I think with the the size of the price tag, I think you get a quality camera out of it. And I'd love to go that route. I'd love to be able to shoot maybe even 120 uh, and do some pinhole stuff. But I don't know. I got to figure out what I'm what I'm going to do on pinhole day this year. I don't know. Yeah, I need to try to do something. I've never, I haven't tried pinhole in probably over a decade, and it was my first experiments with it were uh, miserable failures. But there's a part of me that like I would like to buy a you know an already made pinhole camera, you know, and. But there's a part of me that with pinhole photography, I kind of want to make my own. I kind of want to make my own pinhole camera. There's just, I don't know why. Maybe that's why I haven't got into it because I haven't got off my butt and made a pinhole camera. <laughs> but I kind of just want to do it all myself. If I'm going to do that route. But it's just kind of, a, I think that's the thing that's been holding me back is just taking the time to actually build one, you know. But uh, so, yeah. Any more uh, thoughts on that, fellas? Do what, Mike? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andre's going to be joining uh, Mr. Corey Cannon, so like he's 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 going to be a pinhole professional by the time he gets back from that uh, that little excursion. So we're going to want we're going to we're going to we're going to want to know all the details, and uh, and I want to I want to know if he can uh, 
if he can uh, hold his alcohol as well as I can. So uh, that's uh, Andre. You'll be the <laughs> you'll be the the special. That's be your special assignment. But uh, <laughs> well, it's on a it's on a Sunday, so I don't know how much I'll be drinking if I have class the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! You're you're supposed to be the young kid, the, the whippersnapper of this group. You should be able to handle it. <laughs> But uh, uh, so anyway, uh, also, so the next thing, the next hard hitting question, Sean, is uh, it seems you have a project of laundry mats and uh, I, uh, I really like it. I, I really love the photos that you had in that project and the fact that you actually uh, started a project and, and actually went through with it because I have problems with starting projects and hardly ever finishing them. But plus, I like uh, being able to take uh, I always appreciate when somebody is able to take a really interesting photographs of things that sometimes we consider m in mundane and normal life or things you see all the time. And I just thought it was a really cool project. So could you tell us a little bit about the, the laundromat project that you did? Oh, so I, I was online and somebody had, uh, somebody had put together a photo book and they had gone out with, with digital equipment. And this is where I kind of got my idea from, but they had gone out with their dig equipment and they had driven across the country and documented all of the pizza hut locations that had been turned into something else. Mm. So pizza huts that had been turned into banks, one had been turned into a mortuary. <laughs> and so <laughs> this guy's photos were just fantastic. I'm like, well, that is really odd. You know, what place can you go and photograph odd things, odd people? Um, and so I, I started uh, a cold winter night, almost midnight. I went out. Uh, found a local laundromat and just decided, okay, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna shoot a roll of film and I'm gonna shoot. Just keep it in this camera. Um, I think I used the Spotmatic on that, and I just decided that that this is the film, this is the camera I'm using. I'm gonna go into different laundromats. I'm gonna take take some different photos. Um, you know, there's no two laundromats that are the same. Um, <laughs> And I found a laundromat in Salt Lake that had they had murals painted on the walls of uh, like Arches National Park and some other some other things. It was just it was like wow, this is this is a crazy laundromat. I, I sat down and asked a lady if I could take her portrait. She she was like, okay, you're kind of weird, but go ahead. Um, I I showed up at another laundromat I think in the late spring and uh, on a Sunday night and. One of the employees there, uh, he was ready to call the police on me. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was like, what are you doing? He just, he didn't believe me. And, um, but I got some great shots out of it before I, before I hit the road, before he uh, called the police. But um, that's a project I would, I wouldn't mind doing again. It was, it was kind of fun. I'd have to pick, pick something else. It was a little bit interesting though. Yeah, yeah, I thought the I thought the photos were really great. I, I really enjoyed it. It was it was a it's the kind of thing that I, I could see uh, me like to me wanting to do something like that. At one time, I don't know if you remember this. You, you might be old enough to remember this. Do you remember the old? Uh, I think they were called the photo mats. The old little little tiny, basically film shacks in the middle of uh -huh. parking lots. You would drop drop your film off. Yeah. Well, there's apparently a lot of those have been repurposed to other things. A lot of them have been torn down, but a lot of them have turned into like, you know, little ice cream shacks and stuff like that or whatever. But uh, there's still a lot of those standing. And I, I kind of, at one time I thought about it, it'd be nice to kind of go and try to find all the ones in your state that still, still exist and photograph what they are today. I always thought that would be kind of an interesting project, but, uh, 
but unfortunately there's not a whole lot of photo mats left standing in my state. So it could be a lot of, a lot of traveling just to try to complete that project. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be, but it could, it could produce some really cool photos. I mean, uh, like you said, they've probably been turned into coffee shops, snow cone mm-hmm. shacks and, yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I do. I mean, that was, that's one of my childhood memories though, is being in the front seat in the car with mom pulling up to photo mats so she could get her photos and uh, grabbing them and looking through the prints before she ever got a chance. And that didn't make her too <laughs> yeah. happy, but, <laughs> but that, that was, yeah, that was fun times. Yeah. That was a cool thing. I was, that's I thought those were really neat. And I always wondered like what kind of job that was for the person sitting in that tiny little shack all day and with a little tiny air conditioner blowing on them. But <laughs> so back way back in the day my dad's been in broadcasting since since he was 16 years old and and so he you know doing morning drive time radio he he decided to make some phone phone calls out to some photo mats one day and the joke was he was calling each one of these photo mats and he was asking the employees uh where did you go to the bathroom how do you how do you how do you use the restroom and as it turns out it was like these employees had like potty passes to go into the local grocery store or drug store so they would lock things up hurry and run and go to the restroom and then come back to their photo mat <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I never even thought about that yeah <laughs> and maybe when they're in the bathroom maybe they could have read your website you know when they were oh, uh, in there yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it looks like we've lost andre again his flip phone has messed up again so let's take another break get andre back on again with his antiquated technology and then we'll wrap this show up so uh all right let's take another break here and we'll be back for the last segment Mr. Andre Dominguez is back. He has not been swept up in a tornado. And uh, so apparently he is back on with us waiting for. And there is Mr. Sean Nelson. He is returned. So we're all back online again. And we're all just uh, hoping Andre can stay on. and doesn't have to take shelter in his bathtub with a tornado <laughs> coming or something. So but, uh... <laughs> So uh, <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to get to, uh, Sean, I noticed on your uh, on your website, website that the Utah Film Photography website. Uh, you did a Christmas tree, a film Christmas tree. Uh, we we have. I know it's not the Christmas season, but that 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 is worthy of conversation. Tell us about the thought behind that. <laughs> so, so uh, when my wife and I got married, we decided on a on a family tradition for Christmas that every two years we would swap out Christmas decorations on our Christmas tree, and for a couple of reasons. One is it just keeps it fresh you know it's not the same old boring christmas tree another reason uh we could take those same decorations box them up and once the kids are moving out of the house hey here have some christmas decorations um so over the years we've had some really interesting christmas trees like uh when the kids were little we had a blues clues christmas tree uh (laughs) we had trains on a tree we uh the the uh, pixar movie uh bugs life we had a bugs life tree uh, and then I think our last one before the film tree was our Minecraft tree. So I had a full <laughs> tree that was just nothing but Minecraft. I, I have, we have a full photo album that is nothing but Christmas trees for, you know, 25 years. But so <laughs> I was like, I convinced my wife, I'm like, let's do, let's do film. She's like, what, what are you talking about? How can we do this? So I dropped an email to the fine folks at uh, old school, old school uh, darkroom. And said, "Hey, I, I'm. I know this sounds like a weird request, 
can you guys accommodate this? And they're like, oh yeah, totally. So I'm like, don't, you know, I'll pay for shipping. And if you just want to just take some of your crud and just box it up and let me know what I owe you. So they sent out um, 35 millimeter film canisters. They sent off um, 120 backing paper and all kinds of stuff. So uh, I, I took a, a, a Kodak Starlight uh, flash camera uh, put it on top of the tree with a little light bulb coming through it for the flash. And, <laughs> and uh, we decorated the tree with the 35 millimeter canisters and used the uh, 120 backing papers, the garland around the Christmas tree. And um, we just had, there was a lot of people that just really thought it was, they thought it was funny. They thought it was great. You know, good toss back to, to film according to them. But I was like, wow, man, I, I'd look at some of the canisters on the tree and I'd be like, Oh, I wish I had this film right now to shoot. <laughs> I wish I had some of this. I wish I had some of that. Um, but it was a tree that turned out uh, really good, really a fun Christmas tree. But now I've got to think of something else for this year. So Yeah, it's it's a sight to behold. Andre, have you seen that photo of the Christmas tree, the film Christmas tree? I have, yeah. I, I was not able to put in several hours of research into Sean's site <laughs> prior <laughs> to, to recording, but I, I did you know, poke around a little bit, and that was one of the things that really caught my attention. Um, we do sell like the little um, the film canister Christmas ornaments at Southeastern, uh, and I've also seen people as part of the Emulsive Secret Santa, which you guys should all should participate in this year uh, if you haven't in the past. I'm actually going to be helping M as one of his, his little elves this year. Um, <laughs> I, I've seen people use like, you know, 120 backing paper and, and things like that as wrapping paper. And I always thought that it was so cool. Yeah, no, and oh, I, I can't believe I forgot to say this. Sean Nelson, <laughs> you have the best profile picture I've ever seen in my life, man. The uh, the picture of you with the uh, land camera on top of your head. <laughs> yeah, that's a, so a couple years ago, well, it's been probably four or five years ago, I started to shave my head. And my wife says, you know, you could, you kind of look like Uncle Fester from the Adams Family. And so I'm like, I don't know. I guess that's a compliment. So I, you know, instead of throwing a light bulb in my mouth like Uncle Fester, I threw a camera on my head. And, and uh, yeah, that's it, – it's been – people enjoy that profile. But it's kind of – I guess I need to update it, though. I should probably <laughs> I should probably put a Graflex on my head or there you go something like that. <laughs> you watch out for the neck strain on that though. I might no, be a problem. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Andre, did you have anything that you wanted to throw in? I know you've been kind of dropped out of a lot of this podcast, but uh, do you yeah, have any no, hard I hits? did have one. <laughs> I don't know how hard of a hitter it's going to be, but <laughs> you know, given given that you know there there are quite a bit of camera reviews on your site, Sean, and that's actually how. You know, Mike found out about it was just through looking for a, a camera review. What is your your desert island your desert island camera? And I'll, I'll I'll be nice to you. I'll give you you know like an option one of each format. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know that and and actually the I mean it would change I think from month to month or maybe even more often than that. Um, Oh, geez. I was a hard hitter. Yeah. For, I mean, for, for 35 right now, um, I've really enjoyed shooting my old Olympus OM-1. It's just a, a great little camera. 
Um, but uh, this last Christmas, Mike Williams gave me a Nikon F2 that I'm testing right now. I'm running my first roll through it, and I really like that camera. I'm like, oh, yeah, this one's a great camera. 120, um, I I bought and sold my Mamiya. I just, it just wasn't the camera for me. But the 120 camera I really like is the uh, the Yashica 124G. Mm. So that that's a fun camera to use. And then I I've only got the one Graflex. However, uh, I've got a loner um, super speed graphic that's on the floor right now that's ready to test. Um, that and that should be a fun camera to use. But um, my old the old Crown Graphic uh, pacemaker is a a fun camera to use. I don't know. Did I hit all the formats, sir? I guess. Oh yeah, you have. I I will give a little, a little shameless plug here because uh, you mentioned the the Yashica mat um, over on the Facebook groups. Both uh, myself and our good friend uh, Alex Purcell have posted up images of our newly acquired uh, close up lens kits for for TLRs. Him, the one for the Yashica mat. Mine, the one for the. Uh, the Roly, and if you can get your hands on one, man, it it is just amazing. The the parallax correction is right on point. The you can focus really, really close. And I'm not saying that like you know you're going to be using this for macro. Very well could, but it just opens up the the creative opportunities for for those cameras so much. And I've really, really been enjoying. What's the what's the focal distance on those? Do you know? I mean, if if normally the minimum focusing distance on my Roly is something like a little bit under a meter, so it starts at that and then it goes like closer to I oh, I don't know the exact um, I don't have like exact numbers on it, but like it starts at the minimum and it'll probably be the same for your Ishika. Just imagine like the the furthest away distance with that the the first like the number one close-up lens is the minimum focusing distance of the camera normally, and then you can get really darn close. <laughs> I'll leave it at really darn close. Really darn close. <laughs> Sean, how many how many cameras do you think you do you have a count of how many cameras you own right now? Oh, I try to keep an inventory of them. Um, yeah, I'm that geeky that I actually. <laughs> Put them in an Excel spreadsheet. Don't, don't tell my <laughs> wife. But no, I think I and I think I'm missing a couple in there. But I think it's it's right around eighty five. And my 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 philosophy on the cameras though is, I don't I don't buy shelf pieces. I mean, there are certain people that buy them and shelf them, and all this looks cool and this and that. I buy them to use them. I don't want to buy something that that I can't use. So, uh, you know, and I've got friends that have just dumped cameras on me, some friends that have given me some very nice cameras. Um, so, and I, and I'm not one to actually, you know, really buying and resell so that I can get something else, but yeah, I got a lot of cameras. Uh, <laughs> so, so you're like a, so it's more of a cam you, a camera rescue project. You're actually saving these things from being shelf Queens and putting them into service as the good Lord intended. So yeah, uh, I'm down with it. <laughs> I don't, but I don't do point and shoots like you, Mike. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, I, probably the only reason I do point and shoots is because that's the only thing I can find in my dang on thrift stores. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that I like keeping a point and shoot in the car. I do like having always having a, a camera. I don't really care about in the floorboard of my car, you know. So, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of kind of a good use for them, I guess. But uh, uh, all right, uh, Andre, you got anything else? Because I've, I've I've ran out of my hard hitting questions, and Sean has came through unscathed on all of them. So like, I don't know. <laughs> um. Not anything in just in in just particular, but like, what are you most excited for? Uh, you know, for the remaining half of uh, of twenty eighteen in terms of of film photography. There's there's been a lot of bad news recently, but what are you most excited about? Well, I could care less about Fuji. I think that we that's like you know beating a dead horse. Um, that is what it is. So we, we move on and we move past that. Um, Ectochrome, I'm really, I'm excited about that. Um, mainly cause I, somebody had given me an expired role. I shot it and I was, and I had never shot it before. And I was like, wow, this is really good film. I really, I really like this stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to when Kodak really gets their stuff together and gets that out. Um, what is it? The new stuff they've released is a 3200. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, that's not something that interests me. Um, I, I don't think that's not a film. I don't think I would use. However, I'm glad to see it on the market. I'm glad to see that they produce something that people will buy. And I think that sends a message back to Kodak that, Hey, you're doing, you're doing the right thing here. Um, yeah. We've got a lot of what I call like boutique style films coming out. Um, we've got the, um, I just, in fact, I just barely received yesterday my second order of, um, Cosmo photo. Um, if you haven't tried that, uh, sounds like the FPP is going to carry in their online store, which would be a good thing because, um, the shipping rates are going to be better from New Jersey than they are going to be from, uh, the uk so yeah that's that's a fun film to try um i've really enjoyed shooting that um trying to think what else is coming out you know with the whole polaroid originals thing um uh, you're calling from mike williams again i keep saying his name mike you wanted me to drop your name i just (laughs) dropped your name okay um i'm i'm kind of with him on the whole polaroid originals however the one thing i would add is most of us that are trying to shoot Polaroid originals, we're shooting it in cameras that are 25, 30, 35 years old, and the rollers aren't in great shape. The, ins- the guts of those cameras weren't meant to last that long. And so if we're getting bad results out of Polaroid originals, we probably should take a step back and look at s- some of the cameras that we're using with that. Um, you know, in, in, instant film's great. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm trying to think of, you know, what else, what else we got coming up this year? Uh, yeah, I'm mean, actor I'm super excited about myself, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, gosh, I guess. Well, there's that new. What, what was that? What's the one that came with the? Is it the street candy or something like that? Or what is oh it? yeah, that. The only bad part about that. This is this is me going on my soapbox, my own opinion. Is you gotta buy that in multi packs. At a minimum of what thirty five forty dollars plus plus your international shipping yeah, yeah um so that's kind of a that's kind of a bummer, but I think to some extent i mean we're gonna we're gonna buy it, we're gonna shoot it, 
and we're going to have fun using it. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, speaking of films, what is your favorite film? If you just had one film to shoot the rest of your rest of your time on Earth, what would it be? Oh, it would have to be Tri-X. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you just you know, and it's not so much about sticking with a brand or anything. To me, it's more about um, consistent results from a film that I know that I could shoot over and over and over again, develop it over and over again. And I know that I'm going to get, you know, consistent good results out of that film. Nice. Nice. Well, I completely agree. It's Tri-X and HC-110 for me. That's, you know, I can experiment with other things and, and just play around. But if I want consistent results, I know where to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, before we lose Andre again, and actually my battery on my phone is down to like 10%. So I better get on here and charge this thing up so we don't lose all this. So <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap this, uh, this uh, program up. Let's start with you, Sean. Where can people check out your work and your website address and give them all the info? Oh, just utahfilmphotography.com and everything links off of there for Twitter. Twitter's at Utah Film Photo. Um, Instagram's a little bit different. I use my name on Instagram, Sean Nelson, S-H-A-U-N-N-E-L-S-O-N. Um, I think that's about it. Awesome. Sean, I really appreciate you coming on tonight with us and, uh, and being our, 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 our first guinea pig for three people on at the same time. And even though we had some trouble, I think we soldiered through it. And I just really appreciate you spending the time with us tonight. Oh, thanks you guys for having me. This is, this has been an honor. Awesome. Awesome. On Wade Dominguez. And it's lovely to, to meet you. Uh, you go, Andrea, you, you cut off there a little bit on us. What did you say? No, just saying it was lovely to, to have Sean and wonderful to meet him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks. Andre, uh, where can people find your work, brother? For the time being, while I haven't deleted it already and, you know, canceled my, uh, my Squarespace uh, <laughs> You can find my remaining stuff at timelessstreets.com, on Instagram at adominguez64, and as always, on the Negative Positive Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. Awesome. You can find my work at uh, on Instagram at guttermanphoto, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography, and you can email this program at guttermanphoto at gmail.com. All right, that is the end of this show, fellas. Again, thank you, Sean, for being on with us. And uh, let's go ahead and do the – hey, Sean, do you want to do the uh, part of the closing with us? Do you want to say uh, – uh, shoot some cool film photos when we get to it? <laughs> sure, only, but okay. only if I can do it in my radio voice. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so here we go. If we, if we screw it up, we'll do it twice, but I think we're going to nail it. So here we go. All right, everyone, stay positive. And go out there and shoot some cool photos. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you soon.